Guess who? And guess what? Footy Prime is launching a gin, and we're having a party to celebrate. Thursday, June 6th, join the whole FB crew for Footy Prime's one-night stand at Nickel Nine Distillery in Toronto. Come celebrate Footy Prime's one-ball gin with Nickel Nine Distillery mixologists on hand, Charmin's proper pies, meet-and-greet and photo ops with your favorite primers, and a live Atska's Almost Anything podcast. Footy Prime's one-night stand, June 6th at 7 p.m. till when we kick you out. Tickets at eventbrite.ca. Footy Prime, your almost daily footy fix. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Well, things are just strange and weird. Something weird's happening. I know as a media, right, we're supposed to be objective and professional, but I think we're allowed to enjoy this one. <laughs> That's correct. He's allowed to do that as he played 50 times the country. You know, it, okay, it's one thing qualifying for a World Cup, and I know they're not there yet, but I'm prepared to put my flight to Qatar right now. Okay, yeah, I'm at that point. It's how they're qualifying. They're not just, you know, squeaking by. They're, they're bossing CONCACAF. They're bossing the United States and Mexico. Eight points against those two teams in World Cup qualifying. Never happened before. Never happened before. And I, I got to think that it hasn't even been close, to be honest with you. Maybe maybe Honduras a couple times, maybe. Eh, probably not. Yeah. I mean, not many guys from CONCACAF have qualified on a regular basis outside of the States and Mexico. When you look at this 14 rounds in this final round of qualifying 14 games and for them to have spaced it out from september until march momentum can last for two windows three windows they've had this momentum from the beginning before because of these tune-up games that they had to play and really from that moment was in chicago and haiti when milan Boyan says this starts now this starts now and, and remember we had victor montaliani on and he actually made a very good point at that time before it all started that because I was, you know, somewhat, you know, okay, Canada's missed out and, you know, on that, they got to go through this long road. And they have a good point that if they don't make it, they don't, wouldn't deserve to be there. And second of all, if they do, they're going to go in with a ton of momentum and confidence, team building, all those sort of things. And he'd bang on. And they haven't missed a beat. And then coming into the final group, they continued on with that same confidence, with or without our world star, Alfonso Davies. I mean, it's, it's crazy. I, I just, it's a twilight zone. Well, that actually lost the fact that they've beaten the States tonight without Alfonso Davies, without Stefan Nostakio. 
without Atiba Hutchinson. They've been the United States. You know, I mean, let's not forget that shows the depth this team has and how they're not dependent on any one player. They're obviously they're better with Atiba. They're obviously better with, with Alfonso. But it doesn't matter. I mean, they weren't at their best tonight. They weren't great. But they had their job. They had their game plan. They're going to sit in a nice deep block. They're going to absorb some pressure and take their chances and counter. And it worked really very well. The states were awful, but we'll get to that later. Let's celebrate Canada yeah. right now. Yeah, I mean, the pace, I think the pace of our team is you just can't have it better when you got pace. It's it's a killer. Speed kills, and we've never had it. And we've got Alfonso that's on a different level. You know, when you're looking at Mbappe, maybe he's probably the quickest. You know, but we're talking neck and neck here, really. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's a different level of pace. That is incredible. But, like, you're right, the depth. They can change up front. They got options, Laren, David. Like, uh, before this qualifying campaign, who do we think, okay, if they're going to do well, who's got to be their best players? Who's going to start? Well, obviously, Alfonso, we knew that. Um, did anyone think Sam Adekubi? No. No. And he's what? been fucking brilliant. Yes. And he was superb tonight. Yeah. And you know what the goal? I mean, he had that great strike that just missed from long distance, right? Yeah, I know. And then when he was in on goal, he was, I think he was like, they're catching him. He was, I think he was really tired. He put in a real shift and he just put his boot into it. Just figured, no, I'm not going to get it off unless I hit it here. And, and because of the great strike minutes before, I think it's just perfect timing. And yeah, it was, uh, yeah, no, you're right. I think, and and those guys are built on the back of being around and playing with these other players. It's just everything's just stars are aligning as far as developing these other players and everything else. I mean, we could talk about guys from the right from the back. Remember, we also talked defensively. They, this might be the problem for Canada. And you know what? They're aging. They have got some problems in that in that area for sure. We know, and depth. That's where they're probably struggling. That's usually where we're strong. But Victoria. Fantastic. Yeah. Right? Milan Borian. Like, he's pulling off save after save here. Like, he's, it's just, and it, this is hometown, Hamilton. Like, it's all great stuff. And that's safe. That's safe tonight, right? I mean, it wasn't as good as the one in the last match, different type of save. But the reflexes for a guy in his mid 30s, he's a cat. He's still quick, right? He, he doesn't strike you as being the quickest keeper because he wears the Karali pants. But when he has to, he's quick. Yeah, like, he's quick. He's he's a quick shot stopper. I don't. I wouldn't think he. Uh, he's not going to beat Alfonso in the race. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe to the six, right? Yeah, just get, get, to, get, to, legs. get to jump. You can see how much making that save meant to him, though. Like he was he was amped. You he's would a, have thought he's a, he's a hoppy, isn't he? I don't think they were in stoppage time yet in the first half, and you would have thought they were in stoppage time awaiting the full time whistle. Just how his his reaction. He was hyping up the crowd. The crowd, by the way, that was supposed to be twelve thousand. <laughs> it sure sounded and felt like a lot more than that. Well, he's got to be twenty. There's some real public health shenanigans going on here. Unless there are cardboard cutouts, but I don't think so. <laughs> pretty loud cutouts <laughs> in that yeah, case. That's right. You know, the crowd, you know, we talk about how the team's progressing and learning and becoming this 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 legitimate force. That the fan base is growing as well, right? Not just size, but they're, they're a proper football crowd. And before the match, you guys were driving in behind the U.S. bus, and you guys are pretty intimidated by what you were seeing. Well, we're in front of it, and we started getting snowballs, and we're like, hey, 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 what's going on? <laughs> it was a gong show. Wasn't it? it was It was a gong show. It was an absolute gong show. Forrest has never been to Tim Hortons Field, and for those of you who haven't been, it's probably the only stadium in the country that is similar to any of the football grounds in England where there's neighborhoods across the street. 
it's smack in the middle of a neighborhood. There's there's not really direct parking connected to the ground at all. So you're driving up these neighborhood streets that happen to be across from the stadium. And yeah, wh- why are they chanting FUSA? Do they think my plates are Michigan plates? No, those are blue Ontario plates. What, what is that? Snowballs. Oh, it must be the bus. The yeah. flares went off. You know, I was driving down here and I couldn't, I, I pulled um, on, onto a side street early because you could not see beyond this street because there were so many flares going off. And John Herbin said post-match today, he said his favorite part of the night Maybe his coach was was getting off that bus. He said it was like, honestly, being in Liverpool during a Champions League night or in Newcastle during a big Premier League night. I mean, Jesus Christ, that's some pretty big big words to use there, right? Winning is everything, isn't it? Like, it changes everything. Like, these boys coming out here, boys and girls, to support this national team, like you said, it was raucous. It was really, really fun. Given the Americans all they should, and they're going to do it, not just because they're American, but do that for every CONCACAF team. We got it all the time. We get it down there, and we always wish we could have that advantage at home. And it's great to see uh, it building. And, you know, with 2026, we're going to make this World Cup. So 2026, we're going to get a spot. And after that, we're going to qualify every freaking World Cup. Well, if we don't qualify in the top 10, you know what I mean? Um, but I do like the fact that from smaller countries' point of view, um, there's development. Don't get me wrong. Expanding to 48 teams is about money. We know that deep down. But for the expansion of the game, for the, the, you know, the actual belief of smaller CONCACAF nations like Grenada, Barbados, I mean, you call Trinidad and Tobago, although they've been to the World Cup before, but it gives them an opportunity and belief and with the nation league will guarantee every country 25 games a season, 25 games as opposed to, uh, you know, you look at some of those countries in the past, they pay 10 games in 12 years and absolutely no chance of ever making a world cup. Now all of a sudden, Hey, let's search around the world to find out people with backgrounds from Grenada. You know what I mean? And, and it's, it's, it's a changing world. And, uh, uh, it's great to be uh, a part of it, I gotta say. As a Canadian fan, waiting for a moment where Canada could be on that stage to qualify, seeing Trinidad do it, seeing Panama do it, these nations that financially shouldn't be at a level to be able to qualify for the World Cup, um, I'm that gave me hope that Canada would be able to do it, you know, in my lifetime. You know, one of the big worries for me, though, guys, would be that the CSA have not made money for two years. There's no money. Qualifying for the World Cup has got to be a huge purse full. They have to make it. You know what I mean? Like, there. So, if they never made this, this would be such a problem financially for the Canadian Soccer Association. And then, even like tonight, taking half the revenue away. And, you know, I mean, okay, safety reasons or whatever. But still, it was like, there been, it's been really hard for them to keep their head above water. Your Canadian is showing because here we are celebrating a 2-0 win, which we haven't even said yet, over the United States. The only team in Congo have to take eight points off of Mexico and the United States. You know, any World Cup qualifying campaign, and you're talking about escrow and, re- and revenue here. <laughs> hey, it's a big picture, man. It's a big picture, right? This is just this is a fun part. You need this- it. You need it. We can't get around the fact that we need money to, to build, uh, you know, change – inside the Canadian Soccer Association, what John Herman's done on the field and they managed to get is great. He's got what he needs, but it's, it's also at a cost. And they've almost rolled the dice with this a little bit that, you know, like what would happen if they, 
they never made it. Like, like, I don't know where those finances would come from. How do you ever catch up in a country that basically make their money off uh, kids' fees? Oh, that's a good point. And, but across spectrum, right now, the winner are enrolled in quite a negotiation, right, for a new contract in very nasty uh, as, as well. And it's almost like almost bad timing for them because once Canada does qualify for this World Cup, then hopefully corporate Canada starts embracing it and starts helping out and rolling money and then they can negotiate from a better place of strength but you know it's it's all positive and happy on the surface but there's so many layers to canadian soccer right it isn't all wonderful i mean there's a lot of no and i'll give you another one um when they're trying to raise money from maybe personal individuals okay uh which they have tried to do and 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 somewhat successful uh hopefully nick Pontus can fill us in a little bit more on that. But we also have a branch that is basically the business of the Canadian Soccer Association. They take a percentage of sponsorship money. Well, when somebody gives money to the CSA, it doesn't matter if it's from an individual or a company, that group is coming for that percentage. The guy that's put the million bucks in doesn't want to give that percentage to that company. Do you know what I mean? So it, there's challenge after challenge to raise money, you know, and the, and the roadblocks uh, have been incredible, uh, really. But just the opportunity, obviously qualifying for the World Cup for the first time since 1986, having the crop of players that they do, they're going to increase the coffers and the revenue opportunity tenfold, right? I think we've already seen it just in this qualifying window that I don't think the money is going to be a problem. I, I, would, I would hope so. I would hope so. But until we see it, I'm not going to be 100% confident because soccer is still a bit of a fringe sport here right it's not like it's not a puckheads who are going to just you know open their wallets and all the corporate canada comes and starts you know stuffing their wallets with the money mm-hmm. they've got to work for it a little bit still yeah right and, and i mean christ they they do embrace it they don't goddamn travesty yeah this is the biggest show on earth there's, there's nothing that canada can do in, in world sports it's it's the biggest by far it's just it golfs everything else and they better be ready for it too, from off the field. The CSA, right? I mean, from the media yeah, standpoint, they, they it's must know be that. a tsunami. Let me inject some positivity based on what we saw on the field that translates to what you're talking about. We saw Bobby Smirnionis, for Jeff C head coach, who their their season, their Concacaf season starts very shortly, and he was he was brimming. He was he was genuinely proud and brimming. And he said to you, he was in Greece in 2004 when they won the Euros, and he was working in youth football, and he just saw the injection in a already you know, soccer-enthused country that just, like, reignited them and reinvigorated the, the, the sport in that country for, you know, the, we saw for a decade at least. Yeah. And in this country, that's going to be even bigger. And we've been waiting for this for, for such a long time on the men's side that this is going to be that firecracker, that kickstarter that John Herdman envisioned when he realized this is how you bring the, the game forward on the women's side by the men's game has to get to the next level, and that's – yeah. Back to the yeah, Bobby, you're right. Bobby was super. He says, this is it. This is it. This will change everything in Canada. And he, and he is right. We don't want to, we want to curb our enthusiasm, but that was also before the game. And I don't know when we started to get to a point where, well, you're already there. Charms on you. I'm booking your flight. <laughs> I mean, seriously, can you see this team? I mean, no, no, they, they're going to qualify now. I mean, my God, they're too good. They're the best team in CONCACAF. And we can, even before this game, part of me was like, yeah, they've had a great campaign. But the reality of the matter is the states have the foundation in place. They're years ahead of, of where Canada is. Um, they're still probably the better team, you know, and they're, they're likely to get a result tonight 
or at least a draw, say. And here we are now, a couple of hours later, and we're celebrating a 2-0 candle win again. So, yeah, we can then stand from say we are the best to right now. And for them not to qualify would be probably the greatest stroke job in the history of sport. Jean van der Velde hasn't got a freaking... Didn't touch it if they, if they don't qualify now. It's 10 points, right? As it stands right now, I know this game's going on, but it's 10 points between Canada and, and fifth place. Right, fifth place. 10 points. And you're playing Panama coming up. And you're playing Costa Rica coming up. All right? So it's your destiny. You've got a couple of losses in there if you want, and you're still going to qualify. How nice is that? They're going to El Salvador next week. There shouldn't be any pressure on this team. They should be enjoying themselves. They shouldn't be enjoying themselves. It's going to be, which is amazing. It doesn't matter whether it's minus 15, minus 6, 7, 8, windy, hot, humid, altitude. Remember that game in Mexico? I'm watching that game. I'm like, our teams, including myself, breathing out our ass. <laughs> right? They always played us at the midday. That was always the thing. I was like, why do we always play like Honduras to Galpa at <laughs> 1 o'clock in the afternoon? And, Oh, anyway, but it, that's another thing. But it's, uh, yeah, it's. I think they might win the World Cup. <laughs> Hell, qualifying for the World Cup, boys. You know what? Let's make a prediction right now. They are going to get out of the group stage at the World Cup in Qatar. I think I heard Charmin say that on one of the uh, national radio stations. I did. did you? Yeah. Well, I said, you know what? They're, they're a team. <laughs> every World Cup, you see a couple of teams surprise, you know, and, and get around a 16 berth, right? You see it every World Cup. This team. There's no reason why this team can't potentially surprise a very good team because they're going to enter the World Cup as one of the teams with the, the longest odds to win it or progress, right? It's Canada. You know, the world isn't even watching Canada play. We know who they are. The States know who we are, right? The rest of the world don't know. So oh, when Ronaldo's at home watching the World Cup, he'll know who was, huh? Hey, hey, easy, easy, easy. Listen, if they finish top of the group, do, do they get into a different pool, like a different how does the seeding work for the draw? It's a good question. I haven't got that far yet, Greg. I didn't think I'd be discussing this. So I didn't either. But I think they do. I think it actually changes where they go into the plots. Well, think about the world ranking right now with the points. There's a lot of points we've got tonight beating the States again. They're already up to 46, was it? 40? 40. Was it 40? 40. That was the highest we've ever been. We're breaking the top 40 next rankings. Can't not, yeah. Right. So if it's coefficients and it's world rankings, then they might get a half-decent draw. But let's say they're in a group with Italy and uh, Australia and um, Denmark. African, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. Um, Senegal. It's going to be a good group, actually. That'd be a fun group, wouldn't it? But there's no reason why Canada can't potentially surprise one of those teams, right, and and get a a nod to the round of 16. Maybe getting a little ahead of ourselves here. Well, no, but even when you think – we also, like, I think we're a little Canadian here, too, is that surprise them. David is the leading goal scorer in France. Won the league. Okay, Serbian league with Milan Borjan. Won it. You got Alfonso. That's a different thing altogether. That's level 1A of, of, in Bayern Munich. Like, you were talking about team players. Like, like, I don't think we're going to surprise anybody. Like, I honestly believe that what happens when they get there is that the, whoever they get into the group with, everybody's going to watch every single game. They're going to know about everything about Canada. And that's fine. And that actually shows an absolute massive amount of respect because, like you said, speed kills, and they cannot. By the way, that should be a T-shirt. I hope uh, the Voyagers uh, T-shirt guys are getting a speed kills T-shirt made yes. up right now with Alfonso's face there. Um, Tejan. Tejan's face there. That's quicker than 
we think he is, you know, we've got a lot of pace, like I said. Richie. Uh, Richie, yeah. Yeah, speakers, I love it. I can see a t-shirt right now. Let's pull it back to this game for a second because one of the matchups I was really looking forward to and expected was Tejan Buchanan against Jedi Robinson. Don't call him Anthony. He, he wants everyone to call him Jedi. And we only saw that for five minutes at the end of the game. And I wondered if that was Herdman taking the advantage to, to put um, Tejan on the other side so that they were neutralizing each other or, or Tejan wasn't being neutralized. And at the beginning there, when they allowed the United States to kind of dictate it, and you, you just felt like, ooh, they're, they're going to catch him on the counter. Like If the states allow themselves to be vulnerable to a counterattack, I would bet on Canada. And that, but like, Laren's goal was a top-class goal. The, the angle that he was at, and you know, a few years ago, there's no Canadian that's, that's hitting that. Yeah. But when he set himself up, I knew he was going to pick out the far bottom corner because he does it 20 times a season in, in the Turkish Super League. I will say the keeper had a mare on it. Keeper, it went right through him. Yeah. You see his reaction right away. He just, he knew he was like, oh, how did I miss that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's too bad. We've, we've actually been, you know, talk about like how good Borean has been. And you look at the Mexico game with the Mexican keeper, so it's my mind. Oh, sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. He plays in Edmonton. He's big spill goal. Doesn't come for the cross for Davids. Two big mistakes. Tonight, the American keeper should save that first one. Haiti. Haiti. No, the Haitian keeper. Oh, yeah, well, okay. But And then the American keeper spills one in the, again, and we nearly made it 2-0. Off his spill there too, you know. It's like interesting how that's the case. Hey, listen, great teams earn their luck. Yes, they right? do. And We're brimming. Quite we deserve a bit of luck, don't we? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Not brimming. I think we are. Yeah, well, that's a brim. We've been we've been speed bag for twenty years, boys. Yep. <laughs> we deserve to be brimming. Uh, yeah. Maybe it doesn't matter. The question I was going to ask was: Does a two 0 scoreline flatter Canada? Because oh yeah, it, for sure. They weren't. Like I said they were. They what? Sixty-four percent possession for the states. They came at us. That was the standard. They, they had no. Yeah, they had no anything in the final third, and that was partly down. I think down to Canada's shape and and defense. I thought Johnston was brilliant. They were poor. I thought. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that. Final ball was missing for the U.S. You know that little. That one pass, where the hell was Pulisic? Jesus. What is Christian Pulisic? I don't know. What is he? We asked Grant Wall, you know, is he going to be the face of this team? Is he the leader of this team? And I think we still expect him to, but he didn't look very good at all. I think if you're if you're Chelsea and Thomas Tuchel watching this, you, you're wondering, where's his head at right now? Where, where's he at? Because he hasn't looked as good for club. But in the past, when that's been the case, he's looked great for country. But now, I mean, I think the most influential player for the United States was Weston McKinney, who was trying to do way too much. Just from his throw-ins. His side is yeah, crazy. Throwing. Those throwings, aren't they? They're so flat, flat, and, and spin. It's got a corkscrew on it. Yeah, yeah. a nightmare for a goalkeeper to think of. I mean, it's, we had Rory Belap would like just like launch them in the area. Right? Adrian Serio, Adrian Serio, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you got a, he actually got a contract in Millwall. Yeah, they loved him as an icon there, right? Because of that, brilliant. Off of this game alone, talk about the world watching. I think Sam Atakubi is going to get a better deal and get out of the club he's at. In he's such a great player. Super League, right? And. Talk about impressive players and how far they've come. I remember that game in Orlando. Sam Atacubi had to come in against the United States, and it was like, ah, at this point, I ain't gotta gotta bring Atacubi out there. Well, ho- hopefully, you know they can find the balance and be okay. And I mean, the, the game in general, there was no balance, and it it, yeah. it wasn't the game against the States in Toronto. But 
for anyone, any American or anyone involved in that American program that thought, okay, look, we had those two games against them in 2019. The team's a little better, but we can – it's not much different than that. These teams were neck and neck from, from kickoff, really, right? And I thought I do like the way that Herdman – played it the same as Nashville. Like, let them dictate. They think that they can they can dictate it? Fine. And, like, defensively, Canada was just so solid. How many times did Vittoria step in front and get ahead on it and blast it away? There was a couple big Kamal Miller. Kamal Miller, yeah, so he's good. Alistair Johnson. Like, we, we looked at the lineup and we thought, are they playing a, a back three? Is it a back four? And that, that flat four was And great. depth again, Scott Kennedy, who was really good in that first game, didn't get in on tonight, right? And you know, he's come back from injury. Um, but again, there's, there's depth there, right? And, and maybe the stars aren't at the back. But they're good players. They're good they players. Are, they are. The they're getting, I mean, Victoria's getting older. They're, I mean, they're going to have to address it. Uh, obviously, that's probably a, you know, a, a fix at some well, stage. Derek Cornelius is on the bench today, right? Could be the future. Yeah. Too bad we didn't uh, get that Chelsea uh, Chelsea player. Oh, yeah. He's now moved on to Italy. Oh, Tamori. Tamori, yeah. Yeah. Be handy, wouldn't it? It was close. Um, if he didn't play in Euro, he could have still played for Canada. It was a qualifier. It wasn't the Euros. Well, he played in because you can make one switch, right? But then there's an age limit and all sorts of things like that. Someone's trying that? to vacuum us out of here? Apparently, yeah. I think, I think that's what it is. Uh, apologies in, in advance for any of the sound issues as we uh, attempt to do this. Sat as far away as possible on the, on the same recording setup. We thought it's better to do it, you know, post-match from the venue. You know, we're excited. The energy's up. You know, these are good times for Canadian fans. And that's what we are, right? So what the hell? Enjoy and tomorrow when you listen to this, most of you tomorrow's transfer deadline day as well. So we're going to have a lot to talk about on Wednesdays. It's not Wednesday's podcast; it's a game. Doing a post podcast probably on Wednesday too, I guess, right? Wednesday will be the game. Yeah, we'll have to discuss my availability then, but we can do that. Also, right. yeah, you won't be around. You're doing the Olympics stuff, aren't yeah, you? The Olympics are starting. I'm looking here in Hamilton, and there's a, there's a flame. There's a giant <laughs> Olympics. flame in the middle of the sky. It looks like an Olympic flame, and I feel like that's kind of a warning sign for me. Like, enjoy this soccer. Oh, the old steel mill over there. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> I will say, when I was seeing the, the fans, this, the mayhem tonight, how crazy they're going, how happy everyone was, I did think to myself, man, the, the whole Qatari human rights issue, it, it might not be a factor over here. <laughs> I don't think these fans are going to care. Which Let Norway and Belgium yeah, and they'll, they'll protest. established nations do those protests, but we're at the World Cup for the first time <laughs> in a long time. That's so, right. Uh, we don't do anything wrong. Us. No, not us. No. <laughs> not us um yeah so what, what a night it was what a night it is you know another victory over the states it kind of began this whole cycle back in 2019 with that win against the states yeah great point and, and a vociferous you know bmo field and it's it's not culminating just yet thank christ but it's continuing on a cold night in hamilton 2022 in january where they don't play international football you just don't play football in january never it's crazy well, I mean, in Europe, I mean, you see that in uh, Russia, pretty cold, Ukraine. But even still, that Edmonton game was going up against some Europa League games in Russia and Norway that I thought, this shouldn't even have been close. There must be some minus 24 nights in, in those places, but no, they hadn't had that. So it wasn't as cold as feared. It was, I think it was minus 4, maybe minus 8 Celsius with the with the wind chill. I don't think the weather really played a factor. We have spoke to Marisa Du. Uh, ex-TFC player who was on the call for CBS. And that's what he said. He's like, look, weather wasn't a factor at all. But thinking about where the states are now and going to Minnesota, he says, I don't know why they're doing that. It's the same thing with Grant. Yeah, it doesn't make sense, does it? Yeah. And then I was talking to another 
uh, great coach in Canada, uh, former Portuguese, uh, international, Tony Fonseca was here. And he says, I, I, I don't care who you are. You're playing two back-to-back games, now three, in this cold weather. It, it just is not, it's not good for the body. It is these guys will be tired and they're going to go through one more of these cold games. He goes, I just do not understand it. It's odd, isn't it? And going to Florida is like, like what is that? Another couple hour flight? Like, it's not like it was a massive travel. No. Why are they doing it? It doesn't make any sense. They could have done it in Atlanta in the dome. They could have done it maybe yeah. even in Florida, not at a football playing team. They play technical football. They don't need the weather to give them an edge over. El Salvador and, you know, is it Honduras are playing, I think, in, in Minnesota? They have Honduras and Minnesota. And they Canada should be those teams regardless of. Yeah, they're not playing cold weather because it's an advantage. No, no. It, you know, who cares? Yeah. We used to always say, hey, listen, let's take Mexico to the, uh, you know, the, the Arctic and like Edmonton ended up being, right? Yeah. I mean, for those reasons. But also, it's only going to help a, a lesser team, you know. Interesting tonight, too, the narrowing of the pitch. Yeah, it was narrow, wasn't right? it? It, it, it definitely brought back memories to when we were qualifying for, for 94 and in the last game uh, against Mexico, we win, we're going to the World Cup directly. We tried to do the same thing in Toronto. And we show up for the game and the pitch is actually wider. So that would be like John doing, saying what do and actually showing up tonight and seeing that the pitch is actually two and a half meters wider on either side. That's what we're dealing with. Like, you know, you wonder why the players are so frustrated with our associate, or you know, just the the whole corruption thing. Like it was, it's just. Do you have any envy? Like thinking well, the, no, the direction no. it's going is a good. No, I, I have the envy. Just the three and a half spots actually gave me envy. <laughs> right? Forget about the future. Um, when the three and a half spots is like, wow, isn't that something? That would have been so nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, okay, well, listen, fellas, I think we should wrap it. We can put a bow in it. I just wanted to ask you uh, to see if we're different man of the match. I'm going to go for Milan, yeah, just because uh, I'm going to stick with the keeper's union. I was stunned that we didn't see Milan go to ground with a cramp. First time we haven't isn't done that, I think. He always waits till they have a ton of ton, ton of momentum, but they, they never really no, did. It was just kind of, yeah. you know. He's a smart tactician. And, uh, did you notice the last game in Honduras that uh, Borean ran over to John Herdman? And had a discussion when one of the Mexican or the Honduran players was down injured, and it was almost right around those times when he he hits the deck. <laughs> he also had the elbow thing in the first half in that first game. Yeah, but remember here there was a the referee was on him and was late, maybe in the 80th minute, and he had chased the ball to the corner. Seemed as though he was going to keep it in play, and he let it go out. But he continued the full speed momentum to take himself. You know, as far off the pitch as he possibly could, and the referee right away. I love that. He shit. had a little run around Hamilton and exactly. came back. Yeah, to see his old buddy. He's getting. Oh out. yeah. Oh no, he's no freaking dummy, Milan. He's clever. He's man. a wily veteran. He's isn't he? a wily veteran, and he, you know, he, he's playing in Serbia, right? I mean, this is a tough league. These are tough guys. Like they don't fuck around. They know what they're doing. They know how to win games. Like. Or former Yugoslavia, that place looked unbelievable. You're not intimidated playing in North America no. when you come from Red no. Star Belgrade. It's a pillow fight. <laughs> I'm really glad he had a clean sheet at home tonight. I honestly yeah. think he's been such an incredible leader for this team. We can see it, especially in this window of not had Alfonso Davies. Like, really special that he gets to do it here. And uh, I'm sure there was a lot of people from the community that came out to get to see you know, their guy. It wasn't quite Fonzie in Edmonton that level, but 
really special for someone. But we else. needed we needed Borean to be this way because we knew he was going to you know be you know I, I thought he'd be busier. To be honest, overall, no, just overall. I got off um the the wrong floor coming up here just now, and and uh, it's some kind of suites floor, and there's a row of like thirty bronzed heads, statue heads. It's the in, Canadian in Football Hall yeah, of Fame. Yeah, a lot of white guys, basically, in this this case. Not I thought they should put Borean there one day. Yeah, I hope he's there. I want to see his head bronzed. They're going to put those track bottoms in there. Yeah, <laughs> they should have bronzed those. <laughs> he's your working class. Like he is, he's Hamilton, isn't he? Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's your working class goalkeeper. He's not that, you know, prima donna goalkeeper with nice hair like you be. Right? <laughs> I was a goalkeeper till the age of eight. And I, that was the end of my Why, because your hair got dirty? No, I, I wore a hat. I had to wear a hat all the time. No, because it was horrible. That's why they kicked me off the team. FC Nationals in Windsor. There were right. some people that made the trip up from Windsor. By so the you way. went sort of out wide in the wing and used your pace. That was it. Yeah, that was it. In a, in a in a hundred meters, how far behind Alfonso would you? <sighs> Are you kidding me? I would be ninety nine meters behind him. Ninety nine. I don't think I think any of us would fare very well. Even the way he, you see him moves and the way he's doing his, his, his Twitch videos, like the way he moves, he's, like, I don't move that way. He's so quick. His celebration, Twitch celebration. I know. I thought he's got a heart issue for God's I know. sake. I mean, so, down. The fire manager probably told him going, hey. Get off the phone. Get <laughs> off social media. You go to bed. You dummy. You're going to have a heart attack. It costs us $100 million. <laughs> See, a big stand is my, my man of the match. What about you, B? Who's yours? Mine too, yeah. Atacubi. I thought, he was, I thought he was great. And I was really happy to see him get the goal at the end. As Forrest said, like totally out of gas. He hit it from as far away as possible. And uh, no, really, just just his evolution has been great. There's some other players that we didn't really highlight. Some of the other do a, a player power ranking. But like... Players that I thought would step up and have a bigger impact in this window and tonight, especially with given the opportunity, Mark Anthony Kay. I didn't think he was very good. He, he had a tough first half. He had a tough game. But also, too, in, in fairness to him, he hasn't played competitive league football since the beginning of November. But who oh, comes on? Yeah. Liam Fraser comes on and once again does the job. Again, another guy that we didn't think would be you know, a major part, and he might not be a major part, but he has been in the last two games. Mm-hmm. There's another player that should be getting a move. Belgian second division he's playing right now. They should all be playing in Champions League, Premier League football because they're the greatest players to ever don a pair of football boots. Do you think we're a little bit biased tonight? Why the hell not? We're allowed to. We get a roll before this uh, this record runs out of time. Or the um, vacuum kicks us off. Yeah, one of the two. But yeah, what a great night, boys. Really enjoyed that. Um, thank you for, for listening and stay tuned for the upcoming Footy Primes. Follow us, like us, and subscribe. Bye. Cheers for listening. 